And all the saints said, Although we, um, thank you, Eddie. Although we won't you know, be using the PowerPoint this morning because of uh, some challenges, it'd be a good time to just kind of talk about what we don't talk about. Uh, talk about what we don't pray about. Sometimes believers are not honest about some things and out of all of the prayers through the years through the years it's one thing that I it's rare that I hear demand for now although this is a storyline that kind of flows with the Christian message and everything else and uh, there's a person that we want to bring into uh, view here I guess it's more of kind of talk to you this morning because I found that what I'm talking to you about has been a crippler in my life for a long time. And, um, and, and, it's, and it's something that when people look at you, they wouldn't, con they wouldn't condemn you. Reason they won't condemn wouldn't condemn you because they probably carried themselves. <laughs> um, let's bow in prayer, Father. As we uh, come this morning, we uh, want to look at this passage of scripture in the book of Luke. It's a name that's not uh, among all of the elite names. It's one that's thrown in there and and not in all of the books either. You had to look for it and probably found it in the book of Luke. And Lord, listen, we just want to read the storyline, understand its significance, and see how it plays into the hearts and minds and the whole scenario of how man operates, how man and God. So let me give me uh, wisdom to pretty much get to the point help me in my clarity but I trust you to drive home to the saints what might be a point of freedom for them as you're teaching me what's one of my biggest enemies one of my biggest fights may we together fight it together in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said. We uh, want to look at the passage of scripture in Luke. Uh, Luke, the second chapter. In Luke, the second chapter, we're looking at um, verse 20. We'll do it uh, 20. We'll start with 25, really. Um, and we will read a snippet of that because we'll probably be coming back to it. Um, well, I may as well read the whole whole thought there. Just kind of run you through it because so you know the storyline. And it reads as follows: 
Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and, and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the, the, the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared by the presence or in the presence of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people, Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to her, Mary and his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed, uh, 35, a sword will pierce through your own soul. So that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. This, mer this narrative, um, narrative here took place during one of the darkest hours in history. 400 years they have not heard or any revelation as far as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. They're still looking. They were still waiting, waiting for him. And yet and still God decided, decided to reveal Christ in a very simple way. First, he, he revealed him to shepherds in, in a field. God's good at doing things in the background. If you're looking for God to do spectacular things, understand, he works in the background. He does what? He, he works in the background. So then what happened was uh, he, was, he, was, he was born, and of course the shepherds, the angels uh, came forth, and they said, glory to God in the highest. And meanwhile, a little bit later, here the Christ is coming according to the law, and he is to be dedicated, et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden, this man, Simeon, pops up. Now, he's, he's the subject of what we want to talk about. Nobody, you don't have too many folks talk about Simeon. <laughs> he's, he's, you, you should get to know Simeon. Because Simeon teaches us a lesson in so many ways. And... Uh, and that's why this morning, in our moments together, um, it's to remind us of Christ's birth, his imminent return, and how we are, how we should conduct ourselves. And um, so there are a couple of things we need to learn from Simeon's life. We first have his profile. What is it? And now, there was, now notice what the scripture says. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man, now notice the words carefully. 
He was righteous, got that? Devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was, be, uh, was upon him. Four things were mentioned about him. Number one, he was righteous. Now, this righteous, is the, this takes a life that dealt with the spiritual cancer of, here's the word. Here's the word, that, here's the one word. One of the spiritual uh, cancers that keep us from really being righteous is the word doubt. How many of us have dealt with doubt this week? How many of us have um, gone about and every now and then you, it keeps popping up left and right, doubt? How many of us hear constantly that we should have more faith, you know? The Lord says, thou shalt have little faith. No, no, more faith, more faith. Let me tell you something. When your, our righteousness is contingent on the power of our faith, and the thing, let me, let me, let me tell you. It's almost like, you see the lights on right now? The lights are on right now, but the thing that caused these lights, let me get the ones that uh, have a little more, that caused the dimness of it is doubt. Oh, oh, you got all the light. But every time you doubt the word, that, that's, the small, that's the smallness of your faith. And there's some who have no faith. Why? Because the faith is there, but the doubt has done what? It, it took over. And so when there's, when there's doubt, there's fear. And where there's fear, you start making negative decisions. Things start going wrong. You start second-guessing yourself. You start coming up with excuses. And the thing that you doubt, you see, there are some things that we doubt that sometimes can be irreversible. That's why God does not want us to doubt. And my concern this morning, and I was sharing with Roland, I shared with the board, that the biggest issue in uh, keeping us from going forward individually, collectively, is, is, is not the idea that we don't know or had a problem. We just keep doubting that this is going to happen. We haven't seen the results of anything. We just doubt. See, doubt many times comes before it happens and not after it happens. Am, am I right? So then what happens is you come up with this, you build a large case against why this won't happen, stressed out, crying, can't sleep, okay? And the Lord says, turn on the lights. The Lord, when we were saved, do you know that's one thing that the Lord told us not to grow in? He never tell us to grow in faith. If you find a, a, person, a pastor of scripture that says grow in our faith, show, please show me. The Bible doesn't tell us to grow in faith. It says add to your faith. Because God gives us the faith. 
See, and whatever God gives us is always perfect. Everything that comes down from heaven is perfect. It does not need any adding to. See, but he says add to your faith, virtue, and all these other things. Knowledge. The more you have, the more knowledge you have. See, why is this so much about Simeon? Because God promised Simeon, and Simeon believed him, and he believed him for a long time. For a long time. And God keeps throwing this in the Bible over and over and over again. He, he started with Abraham. God made a, pray, a promise to Abraham, didn't he? And when he made a promise to Abraham, it says, and Abraham did what? He, he believed God. And God waited 25 years in Abraham's life. And because he did not doubt God, Abraham received that son and was called the father of nations. Some of the things that would not happen in our lives is because we let doubt get into our lives. And one, one thing that I, I found that as we look at Simeon is that when you walk in faith with God, there's a, there's a good connectivity uh, that you see in the New Testament. Here's a man that's walking with God. He's trusting God. And not to how he, how he feels, what things look like. He's believing in the worst time. The Roman soldiers have taken over. The Jews are going through. The, the, um, the leadership has become corrupt. It's almost like our times. I mean, every time you turn around, there's, there's something. And God is saying, don't look at what's going on around you. What is it that you're supposed to believe about me? What is it? And here's what I've, I found. If you doubt in the small things, you will doubt in the big things. And my concern is it would be good if you had a pencil and paper and write down two things that you're, you're struggling with as far as doubt is concerned. Because whatever it is, when you, you hear it and you know it's there, my question is, when are you going to get rid of it? Because faith is like oil and water. They cannot work together. They fight each other. They vigorously fight against one another. And Simeon believed God all of those years going into the temple. And, and not, not only did he believe God, his life reflected it. He lived a holy life all that time. You cannot believe God and live a raggedy life at the same time. Because you have to stay connected to God. And so when I see this guy, Simeon, and it says here about the whole idea about his righteousness. He says, this man was righteous. And, and the reason I use that word because in Hebrews, in, remember it was 11.6, 6, 
without faith, it is impossible to what? Please God. And if you don't have faith, if you come doubting, then it, it, it's very clear that you're not walking with the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Don't blame this on others. That means that's something that we need to do in our lives right now. With Don Rackett, there's some areas in my life I said, okay, what areas am I doubting? You know, I was doubting when I was, when I was younger. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was worried about whether I'll be able to take care of my family. I was 10 years old. 10 years old. And worried about if I get married, would I be able to take care of my family and all that? I mean, boy, I just look for stuff to worry about. <laughs> I mean, there was, there was a, one of my friends had, had a guy who worried all the time. And then when his bills were paid and everything else, then he started crying again. And said, now what, now what you crying about? He said, I don't have anything to worry about. There, there's some folks who are just worriers. And the moment, and the, you see what the seed is, you'll find that you keep looking forward, you look through it, look all through all the trash, and you'll find, oh, I, oh, I see. You say, well, I, I can't do that. What do you mean you can't? Did you ever try it? No. Then how do you know you can't? Well, I just know it. Oh, oh, you just know it. That sounds like a full case of doubt on my part. Why don't you try it and then tell me by fact that you can't do it? If you have a doubt, then show me the facts that that uh, no, that satisfy that area of doubt. When you say, Lord, I doubt you're able to do it, then the Lord says, oh, okay. Now give me a case where you have grounds to doubt me. Give me a situation where I have failed so that you have a grounds to say, I doubt you. I don't have any. Then give me the grounds as to why you don't have full faith in me. Why is it that you're not turning the lights completely on? Why don't you just remember the song, this little light of mine, what? I'm going to let it shine. And guess what the Lord does? He tests us. He doesn't test us. He doesn't test how bright our lights shine in the daytime, folks. <laughs> he does it at night. He does it when things look so impossible. He, he does it with a bad doctor's uh, uh, report from the doctor. He, he does it with finances. He does it with relationships. He does it with so many different ways. And, and that's what comes to my mind when I think about how we're attacked by Satan. You're not mugged on the streets. And so you say, well, you know, about the, the, the fiery dots of the Satan. Then what, what, what is it? Satan used strategies that he knows work with believers. And he knows he used strategies that would affect your relationship with God and shut you down at the same time. And so one of them is God gives you a word, you know the word, you know there's God, and then you still doubt. Oh, that's nothing new. Remember, in the Garden of Eden, Adam knew the word. Adam heard the word. Adam, 
why did you bite at the fruit? The please open it. And don't tell me about Eve. You're standing in the middle of the garden with some of the crumbs still in your mouth. Tell me, why is it, you know, that you bit of the fruit? Tell me why you're in the center of the garden in the first place. Did you actually think that you wouldn't die? Did you actually think that God would, was trying to hide something from you? When you, once we walk through this door, once we walk through this door where it says, I have decided to today that I'm going to believe God. I, I read the word of God. That's what he wants us to do. Read his word. Then claim his word and stand on it. And stand on that word. Live by the word. The moment you do that, I guarantee you're going to be hit with challenges. Because once the word gets in you, it's a resource that you can fall back on. And you will be a force to deal with. Satan knows that. And the only way to shut you down is to get you to doubt so that you won't use it. Or oh, if David was here, he'd tell you. David believed God. He killed a lion. He killed a bear. And now here's Goliath. And he tried the wear and everything else. It was too big for him. How are you going to fight this giant, David? He says, well, let me see now. My, my battle, really, God did it. God made it possible. And that's what I need to do. Every time David went back to what God can do and not what we can do. If you walk out of here this day still doubting, you have a cancer of the soul that will eventually take you out. It's, it's only a matter of time. You blame other folks for it. Um, the, the, you will not be free. You not, will not be able to rejoice in the Lord always. It'll keep stripping you because of that. So my desire is that we learn to trust the Lord. And so as we look at Simeon, it says that, a righteous man's mind chooses to totally trust God regardless of the circumstances. Question that we need to ask ourselves. Repeat after me. Have I made the areas of my unbelief in my life? Have I made the uh, areas of the unbelief in my life a priority item to control and abolish? Have I made at the areas of unbelief in my life an area to control and abolish? You remember the man with the sun and with the demons? Seemed like no one could cast that demon out. And you know what the man said? He said, first he said, Lord, I believe. Then he says, but. Now, whenever you use the word but, what does that mean? That, <laughs> yeah, this counts that one out, okay? I believe, but, see? But when you have faith, don't add but to it. This faith, 
He says, but I believe, he says, but help thou me. Here's my real problem. Help my unbelief. Help the thing that keeps this from happening. I see my son cast into the waters and cast into the fire. And I see that he's going to be killed by this demon. And your disciples can't do anything. Lord, if you can just do anything. He didn't say, Lord, I know you can do it. He said, if. You can, you can see the doubt right there. If you can do anything, help me. Help me. And the Lord says, no, 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 no. It's not me. You're not going to throw the ball on me. I'm going to throw it back on you. Do you believe? And then he had to do some self-analyzation. And he said, wait a minute. There's a part I do believe. I believe you, Lord. I believe you can heal. And I believe that you, you're able to do so many things. But I'm in a very serious situation. And I'm struggling with whether my son going to live or die. And Lord, I really don't know. It's hard for me to claim this. And the Lord said, claim it. Claim it. And so we look at Simon. The Lord gave him a word. Simon claimed it. Um, not only was he righteous, his, his being devout. The word means a religious man, a pious man. The original expression, the idea of good reputation and well-received or a high standing among the people uh, by Bar uh, uh, Albert uh, Barnes notes. Uh, he's living in a blameless state of godly living and probably made a tremendous impact on the lives of God uh, placed in his, his life. Personally, I believe that he earned the right to be heard. When he trusted God and lived a righteous life, People were impacted by him. That means that when he walked into the temple, when he said something, people listened. See, Oh, the results. He didn't see the results yet. But he lived in such a way that when the results does come, it will be no problem. God's want, God wants to speak to your heart this morning also. That when the results come, it will be no problem whatsoever. Here's a situation where there is the Son of God and the Prophet of God coming together. The Son of God is coming to fulfill the promise and the Prophet of God waiting for the promise. Their meeting place is in the temple. And there this man stands with a pure heart waiting well, how did he get into the temple? It's, well, we see that he's devout. We see that his faithfulness in waiting uh, to see the consolation of Israel. When God makes a promise, he places his name and his whole reputation on it, becoming a reality. We are not to place a temporal time a clock on an immutable commitment. Whenever God promises something, don't take your watch out and tell them to do it right now. And I, I, hear, I hear folks saying, you know, uh, uh, and Lord, do it now. And the Lord says, I didn't tell you I'll do it right now. I'll hear what I want to hear. 
I hear a lot of folks, they talk about healing and, and uh, it's supposed to happen. And then you listen to a, a little bit more and say, well, it didn't happen right away over three weeks or then over a month or then after six months. See, well, God takes his time in healing. God, he I still believe that God heals. I really do. But not on our time. Not on our time. And what you know what? When God told him, I, you will see the Messiah, he didn't say you'll see him in your younger age. And so now he's an old man <laughs> making it to the temple. And in each time, he's waiting. The Messiah is not here yet. <laughs> the spiritual male haven't arrived. <laughs> that is sufficient for our salvation. But he's faithful in coming. And, and as, his, as he came to the temple, he was a man that was um, faithful and waiting. It says, and the Holy Spirit being upon him during the course of his waiting, he was divinely inspired. In the um, Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon individuals. Um, in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit dwells within individuals. Okay, uh, in the Old Testament, you see, and the Holy Spirit came upon um, um, Samson. The Holy Spirit came upon the Holy Spirit came upon individuals to do great work. The moment that we're saved now, the Holy Spirit, although He He dwells now within us and He empowers us, during that time, the Holy Spirit came upon individuals and empowered them. He walked with the Lord, and then, and one day, <laughs> He heard a voice said, "Simon, it's time." It's time, Lord. It's time. I want you to go to the temple. The Messiah will be presented there this day. That was the best day of his life. As he walked up toward the temple. And he walked in and he saw what many died never seeing. He saw the hope of Israel. And in seeing the hope of Israel, he was thrilled. He was thrilled. And, and the thing about this, um, about this is that when he saw the hope of Israel, he the next thing is the promise revealed. We're going to kick some things out here, wrap it up. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus do for him according to the custom of the law. He, he grabbed a hold of the promise that he was looking for. What Israel was looking for, he was holding the promise in his arms. He was privileged to hold the promise. The other prophets saw the promise. He was able to hold the promise. You know why? He says, because I learned something. The reason I'm able to hold a promise, the first thing is I believed the promise. I stood on the promise. I waited on the promise. And now I'm holding the promise. And during the whole process, I never doubted. And I want to challenge you this morning. God has some promises in his word that he wants us to read. He wants us to claim it. 
He wants us to stand on it. He wants us to believe it. And then many of them we will see, actually see with our lives, standing on the promises of God. God is not looking for a large group of folks, just a few faithful people. A, a lot of folks never made, quote, like newspaper and, and never sat in king's seat and all those other things. Like Simeon, there was also Anna. The Bible says, man, you, you see these names mentioned, and then you see the name, and all of a sudden, um, uh, like a flare, it goes off. You, you don't see it no more in Scripture. But the impact and the blessings, the position. And God is saying, I want you, to, the reason that God even mentioned his name, I want you to get to know this man. Mary birthed the son of God. Simeon held him in his hands. And Simeon not only birthed, been there to see the child and hold him in his hand, notice what happened. He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are uh, letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For your eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of, of people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel and for a sign that is, uh, is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Several things, and I'll, we'll close it on this. Number one, the promise was fulfilled, wasn't it? Number two, he was blessed to see and have a firsthand experience. Did that happen? Second, third, he blessed God for the privilege. Whenever God bless you as a result of your being faithful, the first thing is don't go and show it to your friends. <laughs> the first thing you do is bless God. Whenever God blesses you, your first responsibility is to turn around and bless God. He's the one who gave it to you. Don't show off. Just go ahead and bless God. And so he turns and he blesses God. The, the next thing is, after he blessed God, then he blessed the parents. Now, let me ask you a question. Let's back up a little bit. When was the last time you blessed God? When was the last, the last time that you said, Lord, I, I pause and I bless your name for who you are? When was the last time you just stopped and blessed God? Just blessed. Do you know what that would do for? It would, because so many times we're always asking God for stuff. See? When was the last time you said, I'm going to make up my, when I wake up uh, this morning, I'm going to bless. The first thing I'm going to do on my agenda is to bless God. Okay? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. The psalmist will help you. Go, go to Psalms. Psalms give you a lot of verses. You don't, I don't know how to bless God. Go to Psalms. Psalms say, I'll show you how to bless God. I'll show you how you can thrill this heart early in the morning before you go through the course of the day. I don't know what type of day you're going to be confronted with, but bless him. And even in the storms, bless him. 
The first thing that he did, he said, I bless God. You know what happens when a person blesses God for things? You don't have time to doubt. You can't doubt God and bless him at the same time. <laughs> and so when I find individuals who, del who deliberately look for ways of blessing God, they don't let the doubt change their minds. So he blessed God. And then what happens is, the parameter opens. And then you start blessing others. He blessed the family. Then um, the recipients. Then he prophesied further things that would take place on a personal and much greater scale or course of events. One last thing. Two things I believe Simon would advise us to do. I believe, believe it and receive it. What's the first thing he would tell us to do? Believe it and receive. I, I know these are simple words. Yeah, believe it and receive. Believe it and receive. Really? Believe it and receive it. God always starts us off with something simple so that we won't forget it. Believe it and receive it. That's the first thing. Here, here's the second one. We have three and I'm done. The second one is stay fixed on the promise without doubt. Do what? Stay fixed on the promise without doubt. Whatever God tells us to do, stay fixed on the promise without doubt. Parents, pray for your children. You pray for them uh, like Lisa. Hey, you pray, pray, pray for Major. You know, then when they start walking, say, praise the Lord. Yeah, keep praying for them. Because once he starts walking, he starts looking for things to get into, to keep praying for him. He goes to, to, to kindergarten, all the, you know, pray for him, get into uh, grammar school and into high school, pray for him. Go to college, he's looking intelligent, talking intelligent, pray for him. See, intelligent folks act crazy too, you know. And you find that you'll be praying for your child for the rest of your life. And we have a job as parents to do that. And so we, and so we had to do something in this whole area of, of number one, make sure that we believe it. Next thing, stay fixed on the promise without doubt. Recognize the results and bless God before you do anything else. That's the third idea. It says, recognize what God has done and bless him before anything else. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. When, was, when did he have a time just to bless God? You know, Satan, Satan realized sometimes we're so busy. We get so busy. We just, and, we, and the days seem to go so fast, doesn't it? And then all of a sudden, before you say, no, boy, I'm so tired. You know? And you're blessing God and you're falling asleep, you know? And then you're apologizing to God about your, Lord said, well, why didn't you give me the first of your day? I'm only asking for just, just a few minutes. You mean you don't have a few minutes to bless me? You don't have a moment to thank me? I'm the one that's giving you the strength. You got into your car and the, and the motor turned over. You driving on the wheels I gave you. You don't have time while you're driving to bless me? Simeon, 
if we held that figure up in the, in the New Testament, out of all the figures, I guarantee you, if you went through all the names of the New Testament, you had folks call off some, some great names in the New Testament, you'll never find his name coming up. It's quietly embedded. But embedded in that name, number one, he pleased God. Number two, the Holy Spirit was upon him and directed him and guided him. Number three, he was privileged to hold the Messiah that Israel was looking for. He said, watch this. I got him in my arms. And then he said, Lord, now we, some folks are saying, Lord, don't let me die. He said, now let me depart from here. Why? Because he knows he have a better place. This type of relationship Simeon is saying should be in our lives and my challenge to you this morning, if doubt has been a challenge in your life, I, I would like to pray for you this morning. Uh, I, I would like to at least, at least deal with that subject. Doubt. If you have dealt, I mean, if if that's, that still keeps crop, crop, no, just cropping in, understand where there's doubt, you have pushed faith out. So don't expect it to grow. If there's doubt, faith has to stand outside until you clean that mess out. But understand, once faith is full, you see, when you have faith, you have, you have the blessings of God, you have the power of God. You'll see results. See, now understand everything on faith side. If you have doubt, you have torment. You have fear. Okay. You have frustrations. You have the draining of strength. You have distrust. So you have a choice. You're standing right here. You have a choice. And if you're struggling with anything like that, I would like, like to pray for you this morning as we close. Okay? So, what you saying? Say, hey, Don, that's, that's me. I, um, I need to deal with this area when it comes down to the word doubt. I want to make sure that whatever I go into, um, I'm not that just going crazy. I'm just, I'm just trusting the Lord. Remember? Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. If you trust and never what? Doubt. He will surely, surely bring you out. Uh, and my, my prayer is that, oh, if this becomes um, uh, a factor in your life, that when you walk around, you walk around with where there's, there's no doubt, there's blessed assurance. I see the hand. There's blessed assurance. Father, I thank you for saints who are honest with themselves, not with me, with themselves. I share with them some areas that I need to deal with in my life. Because, Lord, I know that you have given us the faith to do a lot of things. And you said that if we had the, the faith of a grain of, of mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be thou removed, and it will be tossed into the sea. And you mean to tell me, Lord, that that is even snuffed out because of doubt? 
the power of our faith that's given to us, we gave it up. Nobody took it from us. And so, Lord, we, we want to move into the area where we can take full advantage of trusting you, pleasing you. And as we walk and be, and be discovered by others to be devout, sold out, all in, I pray, Lord, that as a result of it, the things that we see and the things that you permit, that we remember the first thing, our first responsibility to turn and bless you. Thank you for the saints. Thank you for the, what you're going to do in their life this morning. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know the res what the results are. It's only between you and them. But I thank you, Lord, for your purpose this day, a snowy day, that you may hear, they may hear, and that you may work a great work in their lives. For in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. Everyone stand with me, please. Spirit of the living God, fall, fall afresh on me.